This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Let me tell you something, guys. <laughs> Don't ever tell your wife to get you wine while she's at Walmart. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. <laughs> this is the second week that I've made this mistake. <sighs> and I will not make it again. Now, granted, it does the job. But it's not very good wine. Yeah, they got some of the standard stuff that you can get at the grocery store there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, anyways, the one that I like is Gnarly Head. It's not very expensive, and it's really, really good. <laughs> and it's got a cool, uh, like a tree with an afro on it. I don't know. That's what it looks like. <laughs> a tree with an afro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it's called, Gnarly Head, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this is the Aftershock Central Podcast. Uh, what is this, episode four, I believe? I Four-ish. Am, four-ish. I'm Martin. Ronnie is here. Jack is here. Hello. And we're going to party. Oh, yeah. Well, not really. We're going to talk about comics. You know, it's it's really ish episode five. I guess, yeah, it is episode five. We just have a... Count, a counting the hit, the secret file yeah the, the secret file <laughs> you mean and the non-recorded file <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah we might need the to black just find eyed the kids stole it the black yeah. eyed kids stole it um as i look at the app now this is the new version so i wonder if the new version fixes all this crap that's been wrong the past few weeks um anyways ronnie was out last week well, actually, I guess that'd be the week before now, because we didn't have time to record this past week too much. That's why this episode's coming out late. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that's okay, because we're going to start talking about new books as they come out. And, uh, you know, maybe having a few days to get people to read the books is okay. Right. So this week we're going to be reading the debut issue of Captain Kid, Captain Kid number one. Uh, we also have American Monster number four. And Black Eyed Kids, number four. What does it feel oh, yeah. like Black Eyed Kids would have more than four issues? I feel like I've read, like, ten. But well, I know te- that's not true. Technically, there's five, right? True. Uh, counting Genesis. Yeah, yeah counting, counting Genesis. Genesis, you're right. Which, well, uh, four and a half, I guess. 4.5, we'll I call g- it. I guess that, was a pretty, that was a pretty meaty intro story, though. Genesis? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Genesis was great. Yeah. Because well, Alters is in that one too, right? Alters is in that one. Although When is that coming out? Mm, I don't know. Let's, let's, let's see what Aftershock says. It should, Alters number one, I believe, comes out in October. I believe. Oh, that's a ways off. I thought I saw that on the, on the old Twitter machine. The next one up is Animosity, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that's next week. Oh, nice. Yep, you're right. August third. Yeah, that cool. looks really good. Yeah, I'm excited are you, for that. Are you are you checking on comicarc.com? No, I'm actually checking on Aftershock's <laughs> website because I want to make sure that they haven't made any last minute changes to the schedule. Gotcha. <laughs> it's not like it's not like that's happened in the past. No, never that. But what I just, is it I, in I September? Sure. Is that what you saw? For what? Altered, yeah, September. Yeah, yeah, September. yeah, September is number one, and then October is number two, I believe. Cool. Yeah, we'll see. Because what I've seen uh, since the, after they announced it is not like what I've seen in the previews. So. I think we, we talked about that a little bit. Right, it, yeah. Might, it might have been off the air, too. But anyways, so let's get cracking. I think sure. we're going to start off with uh, Jack's favorite book. Oh, yeah. Captain Kidd. This now, do we need a... Do we need a spoiler alert? No, we don't need to do a spoiler alert. Kind of um, obvious, isn't it? Yeah, right? I mean, we're going to talk about these books. So if you haven't read them, go ahead and read them. If you want to listen to our discussion either way, please continue. Uh, Captain Kid number one is written by Mark Wade and Tom Payer. I hope that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, co-creator, co-writers. And then Wilfredo Torres on art. Kelly Fitzpatrick on colors. And A Larger World on Letters, which I believe A Larger World is Dave Sharp. Uh, 
Okay. You know Dave Sharp from Valiant. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Is he the one? He's doing the one. Uh, he's doing Archer and Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So that's a larger world. Okay. Um, who wants to kick off the discussion on this one, or am I kicking it off? I think you are. Oh, right. You're the you're the pro. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I think Ronnie's a pro. I don't know about that. <laughs> so, Captain Kid is a story about a 45-year-old, mid-40s. Um, he is... I can't... They said his exact title, but he, he works for a newspaper. Um, and the story kicks off with this character at a bar with his friends. Um, and I guess really just one friend, because the other person's a waitress. Yeah, and, Bill Bill. Uh, yeah, the yeah. bartender. Yeah, the bartender. And they're celebrating his birthday, and he's just not very excited. They pretty much crack old jokes at him for a good third of this issue. And uh, as th- this odd character shows up and shoots him with a gun that makes him want to go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. Interesting. It- a very interesting, interesting choice of weapon. Interesting choice of weapon. So he goes to the restroom, and uh, this girl intercepts him. We'll learn a little bit more about her later on in the issue. And um, he pretends like he doesn't know her, but she seems to know exactly who he is. And uh, he decides that it's time for him to go home. So he gets his stuff and leaves the bar, leaving behind his friends and birthday presents. With uh, some more old. So is he jokes. pretending? So is he pre- pretending not to know her, or does he not know her? The he impression. Does not know her. The impression I got by the end of the issue is that he does know her. That he does. Okay. Yes, he does, but that he thinks she doesn't know who he is in his real life, not his superhero life. Because hmm. here, here comes a twist. So the twist is, this gentleman. Might be a forty-five-year-old man, but his superpowers are like reverse Shazam. So yeah. instead of a kid turning into an adult with superpowers, it's an older gentleman. And I don't want to say old because he's about Ronnie's age. Um, <laughs> just kidding, Ronnie. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to I had to get that in there. Although I guess Jack's older than you, so <laughs> yeah. Okay. I thought we weren't going to remember that. Oh, keep, Just keep making fun of Ronnie. Oh, we remember. <laughs> so anyway, so it, he his superpower is he, he becomes kind of like a... It's almost a Superman, but I saw it more... Have you guys read Invincible? I have not. Yes. You haven't read Invincible? Yes. I haven't. Oh, my. Jack, I thought you were a teacher. I know. Fan. Anyways, it, it seems to me more like that, like... Um, it's kind of a Superman type, but not quite Superman. Um, he's obviously has super strength. He can fly. He can sense radio waves. Um, I'm not he's sure. Definitely, if they... definitely younger than Superman. Looks like he he's is... about twenty-ish. Yeah. And that's the thing. So he becomes a lot younger, at least half his his real age. And he loses his buzz. He does. <laughs> when so he changes. I guess as part of his superpowers, he completely regenerates himself yeah and i guess that gets rid of the buzz which is kind of fun um so as captain kid which is what he calls himself he goes to investigate uh this place at the behest of this stranger that he meets outside the bathroom at the bar uh and i say meets in quotes because i i'm pretty sure that he has met her um anyways he follows somebody to supreme lawn and garden supply company and he believes, because of what she's told him, that Supreme Lawn Garden is run by an evil... I, I, I think it's an organization from... what she, When she talks about the serpent later on, um, I don't think it's just one person. Uh, this guy is the head of Supreme Lawn and Garden Supply. Uh, but he goes in there, tries to investigate, to see what kind of shenanigans are going on, and he can't find anything. So he leaves. Uh, as he leaves, the mysterious stranger shows back up, and she pretty much tells him, you know, quit playing around, like, I know who you are, um, 
because she's like, I'm Captain Kidd, and she calls him by his real name. And they have a little chat about this uh, lawn and garden supply company and how she believes that they have this plan to, um, I guess, control humanity. And that's kind of where the issue ends. Although, I, I guess I should say, she somehow thinks it's 1986. Yes, and she's dressed total 80s. Total 80s. Get up. Yes. Yes. So, Jack, since this was your favorite book of the week, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? Out of the three, <laughs> it was my least favorite. I did not dislike this. I enjoyed it, it but I, I, I don't know. There was nothing really for me to grab onto. Um to love it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I want to keep reading it, but um, I'm just, yeah, I, I just didn't fall in love with the first issue. But one thing I did like that I think he sort of glossed over was the scene where he saw, I think her name is Halea, the 80s superhero like yes. girl. Um, the bridge scene. Yes. Where the whole, the whole episode, the whole uh, uh, issue ends with this bridge scene and, and lightning, I think lightning stri- strikes the bridge and, I love the way he uh, he goes to try to he does what a superhero does if a bridge is clapping there's cars there's cars on it he goes and he tries to stabilize it right mm-hmm. but he doesn't it seems like what he doesn't like grab it in the right place or something and yeah. and he says it's getting heavier maybe if I maybe I could save some people if I actually knew some physics now they're <laughs> all gonna die because I'm too stupid right now, I thought that was an awesome scene though because. That's sort of like the problems real people would have, like if you actually had superpowers, like, you know, Captain America throws a shield and no matter what he does with it, it always comes back to him. But it's like, that's not how it works. There's, <laughs> there's physics involved. And as soon as like the reality is, as soon as you sling that thing, it's, it's probably going to be with like your super strength, it's going to be a mile away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you lost your shield. Sure. So, anyways, I th- I just thought that was a cool scene. So he's he's trying to stabilize the bridge, and it's like he's not in the right place, so it's crumbling around him and getting too heavy. Until Halea comes and helps him figure it out. Ronnie, what'd you think of this issue? Um, I liked it. I um, it wasn't a blown away issue by no means, but it I thought like some of the scenes that you guys talked about, like the bridge scene. Where you know he's still just a well, he's a kid, but a normal brain, you know, where he's not super smart or whatever. And that part was very interesting because it's like Jack said, it's just a normal person that has superpowers now. Yeah. Um. You know, and the whole '80s thing, cliffhanger at the end of where she still thinks it's '80s. It's good. I can see where it's going to go somewhere interesting but i don't there were some real slow parts for me as well and some parts that i was just like wth you know (laughs) (laughs) but i'd say out of the three this week that it's probably my middle one interesting okay so it's also my middle one um i will say this though there were a couple things that didn't catch until the end of the issue um Mm. He refers to her as Miss 80s uh, in a couple panels, which I didn't catch at all about, you know, Jack, you were talking about her 80s getup. I didn't catch that until that last panel when she says, you know, we have to stop this evil company before 1986. And I was like, oh, that's why she's Miss 80s. Like, she's stuck in some kind of time loop. But then I also remember there's a scene where um, he goes to visit his dad. Like, he goes home. I guess he lives with his dad, maybe. And uh, they're talking about, you know, going out and having dinner. And he kind of reminisces a little bit about his powers and about his dad at the same time. And you see that picture of him and his parents on his 15th birthday. Mm-hmm. And that is July or June 7th, 1986. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't even catch that on my first reading. I was like, okay, he's just kind of thinking back. But wh- well, the way the book ends has me thinking like, there has to be a little bit more to this than we're actually seeing. Yeah. Well, he also asked the bartender. He's he asked her if you know that woman who comes in dressed like the '80s. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 
And yeah. didn't she have like a rush or some kind of shirt too? I don't know. She just it says she relax. Looks, she looks straight out of uh, Okay, there you go. She looks straight out of Jim and the holograms. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. You know. Um, now she she mentioned something that made it sound. I'm trying to find it, but it sounded like they have allies. Yeah, she did mention somebody else in this issue. Um, I guess. Th- th- uh, yeah, we I have think. allies, but the clock is running out. If we don't win this war soon, all that's that good would be lost. Does that mean there's other people like them? Well, surely there's more superheroes, right? Um, we, you can't just have these two. It seems like if whenever you have a comic with heroes, like it's either going to be based on on, on this. Centered, centered on this one person and talking about their powers and maybe they're the only one, right? Or they're the first one. Um, I don't know if you guys ever read like Ultraverse back in the day, but that's kind of how Ultraverse kind of started expanding the universe. Um, right. they, they presented you with one person that had superpowers and then you start yeah. learning that the same thing that gave this person powers gave other people powers and so you le- you'd meet them along the way. Yeah. Um, it seems like that to me in this book as well. So you have this guy, you have Captain Kidd, uh, you have Miss 80s, um, and I'm sure there are others. And then you wind up like Marvel with about 50,000 superheroes. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you could easily not have that. And, um, and they all live in New York. <laughs> <laughs> y- yes, good but point. point my, qu- my question is, though, do they have allies in 2016 or is there allies in 1986? Right. Sure. Where sure. she thinks where where she thinks she's still at. So he, this would be an interesting twist. What if he's not actually 45? What if he's actually 15 with superpowers or however old? Uh, what 15 to 20? And he projects himself to be 45? Yeah, but he's got some kind of psychosis. <laughs> I, I thought about that too. Yeah, uh, that could be cool. So, it, so it's actually a, like reverse. Yeah, like he, it, it is like Shazam, but in his mind, it's the total opposite. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that, so I like, could be a way off on that, but I think that'd be a cool concept to see. Right. Yep. Um, I I really like this book though. Um, obviously not as much as I love Black Eyed Kids, but I thought this was a really good first issue. I think. The problem with this first issue is kind of the same as what we saw in our missing uh, Second Sight episode that we recorded. And that the first issue is just a lot of setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this issue is very much the same. And, you know, with Second Sight, right. you don't really kick into things till the end of the second or even into the third issue. And it seems to me like this is kind of where this book is going to go as well. It's going to take yeah. a few issues to really get the story rolling. Um, because there's obviously a lot of things that we need to learn before we can get to that story. Right. And it's Mark Wade, so you knew that there's going to be a slow burn. Like Absolutely. the detail right. stuff anyways, you know. Absolutely. Well, you, know, you know, I never really understood that because it seems like in the comic industry, if you know, you go into this, you know, we all know that number ones are the – the, the the top seller. That's why all the publishers are constantly putting out new number ones nowadays. Mm-hmm. So if, knowing that ahead of time, why wouldn't you try as hard as you could to make that first issue really, uh, you know, capture everything? Because you that's where you need to hook your hook your readers, right? I I could see your point, um, but at the same time, I think with with indie publishers. I think a lot of these guys are going indie because they want to tell stories that they want to tell and they enjoy the way selling. they want to do it. Yeah. yeah, and not so much about selling. Yeah, right. And like t- and tip their hat too soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. that's a good point. A guy like Mark Wade, he's not writing for AfterShock to get rich. Yeah, I mean, and he's not got nothing to prove, right? He's sure. been in the business right. for forever. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's an interesting topic. We can discuss it at some point, I don't mind. I think that would be fun. Cool. Yep, that uh, would be fun. Are we going to do ratings? Yeah, let's rate this. <laughs> go yeah, for it. Go first. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I guess out of five, three out of five. I think it's a pretty good score. 
Think so? Well, I mean, that's like the right in the middle. That's sure. how this was for me. It was sort of like average. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. So as as a first issue, though, are you, I'm assuming, not inclined to pick the second one up? No, I, I would pick up the second one. But I mean, if if it if it moseyed on like this for the ne- for the entire arc, I would probably drop it. Sure. But right. I, I mean, I saw enough that I want to at least get the next issue or next couple issues. Right. Ronnie, you're up. Um, I'm probably gonna go with a four, honestly, wow. just because just because um, the art in it I thought really went with the whole vibe. Like there was a couple times, like um, when he was old, it kind of changed art style to when they were young and actually doing super stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like a dra- um, dramatic change, but you can still tell. And then, you know, it's Mark Wade, and it's a slow burn thing. And I'm hooked enough that I'm going to at least continue it. So Sure. I'm glad you brought up the art, because that's one thing we didn't discuss. So I'll, I'll briefly say that I'm a big fan of, uh, like, Jupiter Circle. I don't know if you guys have read that. It's Mark Miller and Wilfredo yeah. Torres, who's doing this book. Um, and a lot of this book kind of is reminiscent to me of Jupiter Circle. And if, if that's the angle that they're going to take, then I'm all for it because I love that book so much. So Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to go – I think – are we doing half stars or are we doing whole stars? Uh, I, I need halves. Okay, cool. We'll do halves. <laughs> I, can't, I can't commit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go uh, right in the middle of you guys. I'll do three and a half. I, I really liked it. I'm looking forward to the next one. But there's just – there was something missing. And I think that something missing will be seen in the next issue or maybe the issue after. Um, yeah. But I think once the first arc is resolved, we'll we'll definitely get this book rolling. Right. Awesome. Cool. Let's go to the next one. American Monster, number four. It's written by Brian Azzarello, whom I love, let me just say. Yeah. And Wando, doing yeah. art and letters, who I double love. Yeah, and I met him at Heroes Con, and he seemed like a really cool guy. Yeah, yeah. So you want to pick this one up? Go for Check. it. No, oh, you want me to, huh? Yeah, you pick this so, one up. So, I mean, so this is going to be a little bit hard for me because, I, I first of all, I, I love reading every single issue of this. Um, it's really interesting, and, and the, the character interactions are really interesting. But it feels like from through four issues when i think back on it it's like not really much has happened like i'm glad you say that and that's probably why you you're going to say this was your least favorite you're absolutely right but and i agree with you um so well the recap and and i'll keep it really brief but there's a, a a guy that almost looks like a monster hence the name of the comic american monster but the reason he's he looks this way is because his face is burnt it's it's completely red and i assume i don't know if we've seen his hands or whatever oh i think yeah we have yeah i think his whole body is just burnt chiseled and you know burnt to the core um so he looks like a monster and everywhere he goes he's you know there's issues about you can't tell if it's him just being smug or he's self-conscious but it's always an issue the way he looks but he's in a small town and he's trying to find answers to something that we don't, if for, through four issues, we still don't know exactly what he's trying to find <laughs> answers to. Um, and he's planning to kill a bunch of people until he finds those answers. Um, and really, through four issues, that's all I can figure out that's really happened. There's, there's little things going on, and um, uh, I know one person's died, right? Sure. Um, and there's, there's also a few different stories going on. Because you've got, like, the kids... Yeah, who are kind of related to the story, but not really. Sure. Like they have their own antics, um, and then like the adult, all the adults pretty much are their own thing, and then you have the quote-unquote monster, yeah. who has his own story as well. Anyways, yeah. continue. And there's a, so one of the main characters is there's a girl named Snow, and she's what she's she has a group of like five or six friends that are yeah. kind of uh, uh, maybe maybe they're late teens or maybe early 20s um but they're smoking weed you know drinking kind of hanging out just not really doing much most of the time um but her dad it turns out 
is another guy like he's connected somehow to the monster face guy. Mm -hmm. And I know that because in issue two, um, we find out that they both have the same tattoo. There's a tattoo on both of their backs that looks like lightning and they're both big guys. Right. Yep. Um, but this guy, he's not, you know, he, he, he's not all burnt. He looks normal, but he, you know, he lives out in the, the woods and he's a, you know, rough guy, skin and a deer. And, um, there's this whole drama thing because his dog dies. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, which I, I hope we get to talk about the whole series at some point. Cause, uh, this has been very interesting. Yeah. To say the least, but continue. So issue four, um, I guess the thing that seemed most, one of the things that seemed most notable to me is he has this conversation with a guy named Omar, who I think he, I think we see in an earlier issue, but he's a mechanic. Is that the mechanic he went to to have his car fixed? Yeah. Okay. And we didn't know that when we first met him. He's, they seemed like just a random mechanic, but, um, we do. And they had this long conversation and it seems like that because uh, uh, we've seen a couple flashbacks of something that looks like a military mission, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're in the Middle East or somewhere, I'm guessing. Yep. Um, and I think uh, maybe a, somebody wears a, a, a has a bomb strapped to him and there's an explosion. I'm, I'm guessing right now. I don't really know, but I'm thinking that's how he got burnt. Um, but Omar, they had this conversation. It seems like they were in this situation together, Um because they're going back and forth. They don't seem like they really get along that well, but they have some shared experience, and, and he seems to know what Monster Face guy is looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, if, if I understand, correct me if I read this wrong, but I think he he's, sort of communicates that he lost somebody in that same event. Because when he's talking to him, he says, you know, if it gets too hard for you, you can just kill yourself. But what it took for me, no matter what I do, they'll never come back. Yep. Now, what does that mean? Do you know? No, but I, I kind of got the same impression for, uh, as you did. It seems that they both lost someone dear because of this. Yeah. Looks like he lost somebody, whereas the other guy kind of lost himself. Mm-hmm. He's a monster now. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, there's uh, another scene where there's a police officer investigating um i guess he's investigating the snow's dad uh his dog got shot right yep and he winds up trespassing on do you know his name the the dad guy i can't remember his name now and he's sort of he's sort of crazy anyways the cops very crazy (laughs) yeah the cops on his property trying to figure out what happened to this dog and so the guy's like hey this is you know my private property i don't care it's a cop i'm gonna start shooting at him Mm-hmm. So he shoots at the guy. I, don't, I mean, I, I got the impression he didn't try to hit him, just tried to scare him. Um, Felix Black, then, that's his name. Who? Felix Black. Felix Black, there you go. That sounds right. Um, and then the story sort of ends with all the... And I guess here's what you mean by it. There's other sort of side stories going on. But um, Snow has a friend named Dante that seems like he's really into her. And yeah. he's kind of digging on her, and um, they're sort of hanging out, smoking weed, playing video games. Um, and then the rest of their friends show up, and well, one the, of them... The, the friend she's hanging out with is Candy. Ah, uh, Candy, Candy, right. Dante is the friend that shows up. Yeah. And he's a lot more, you know, he's bigger, he's handsome, and they end up getting it on in some back room of this trailer and uh, with Dante, and, and Candy's jealous. Oh, and right at the end, the bar, there's a bar, you know, monster face guy wants to buy a bar. (laughs) I don't know why he wants to buy a bar. So I know that's a horrible recap because it sounds like I just talked a bunch and nothing happened, but that's kind of how I felt reading this. Yeah, you know what? (laughs) This is like, um, this is like the comic version of Seinfeld. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I I totally envy you, and I think you did a great job because it's very hard to recap this issue. And to be honest, it's very hard to recap this whole series because you're right. In four issues, not much has really happened. Yeah. Right? Like, there's there's things going on. Like, it's not like there's nothing happening, but it's just kind of like you're living through a day with these people, and that that's right. really all it is. 
And the, the central story just hasn't developed. Right. Right. It's called American Monster, and the American Monster is trying to figure something out, and he hasn't figured anything out thus far. Well, I think I think that's kind of a jump, though. Because, yeah. to me at least, it seems kind of obvious that this guy isn't necessarily the monster. I think just American Monster... It's like American Psycho, right? Like, it's just... Sure. Uh, yeah. Talking about Americans who are monsters, because really everyone in this book is completely effed yeah. up. Yeah. Right. Right. There's yeah. Really, there's not one sane person in here. When I read this, I want, I was initially trying to figure out, okay, who's the good guy and who's the bad guy, and and Snow's dad seemed like a bad guy, and I thought, okay, maybe this American monster guy, he's he's you know he's going to be a good guy because he looks so bad, mm-hmm. you know. But they all seem like kind of people you don't want to. Yeah, it's like time with. Yeah. It's like Sons of Anarchy, where there is no good guys or bad guys, really. Yeah, it's just okay. everybody screwed up. Except the kids, they they seem kind of cool, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they don't have much motivation in their life, but they're not hurting anybody. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very curious to see where this is going. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how well this is doing. Like I said, I love Azarello and I love Wando. And, like, visually, this book looks awesome. I enjoy reading it. But at, at, as soon as I'm done with the issue, I'm like, well, so, like, what now? Yeah. Right? And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but at some point, there's got to be some kind of payoff. Yeah. You know, and but you, right, I, right now, I'm just not seeing it. It feels like there will be, though. Oh, sure. I sure, mean, sure. it's going somewhere. Um, who was the guy that Candy went to go see? After he caught Dante and Snow. Or do we not know who that guy is? I don't think we know who that guy is. Okay. Because remember he had that, they they wrote I Love Dick on his forehead? Yeah. And then I guess he leaves and shows up at this guy's house? And to me, the the dude seemed like a creeper. I, I thought he was a pedophile. But I don't know who he is, so I could be wrong. Is he making magic mushrooms? <laughs> no, I don't think he was. Ronnie, any thoughts on this book? Um, to me, besides what you guys already said, it, it to me, I just felt like I was on cruise control reading it. Really, there's nothing that really yanked out and grabbed me. Really, yeah. it was just kind of meh from start to finish. And hopefully, it picks up, but. You know, we're four issues deep in it, mm-hmm. and we're just spinning our wheels in the mud, it seems like. Yep, I agree. You know what we need? We need to come up with our own Tamos, because we can't Tamo this puppy. Right. Anyways, <laughs> let, let's do give it a rating. If, if, if you're listening to this and you've never listened to Only the Valiant, then you have no idea what we're talking about, so it's fine. Um, let's, let's go ahead and rate it. I'll go first this time. I'll give this a three. Um, not because I don't want to rate it higher. It's just I want the story. I want to know what's happening. Um, the the talent is a four-star talent at least. But to me, it's just dragging enough where it's knocking it down to a three. Sounds good. Ronnie, you're next. Um, actually, I'm going to be a little harsher. Ooh. And... I'm going to do a 2.5 because, like I said, when I read it, I was just on cruise control and from cover to cover. And four issues in, I should feel one way or another about it. Mm -hmm. And right now, I'm just teetering on, I like it, I don't care. I like it, I don't care. So (laughs) That's fair enough. Jack? I'm going to give it a four. And the reason I'm going to go that high, even though I agree with you that it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere, is because I, I find myself really interested page to page. I, I like the I like the characters. Mm-hmm. I, one thing that's important to me in comics is is uh, character development, and it can be extremely action packed and exciting. And if I don't remember who the characters are or uh, uh, relate to them or find them interesting in some way, then I, I, I don't enjoy the story. And I think the way this is written, even though nothing's happening in the in, on a grand scale, 
even the, like the interactions with the kids, the things they're talking about and doing or, or the cop going on, you know, cop interacting with the snow's dad. I, all that stuff was, you know, interesting to me all throughout mm-hmm. reading it. So I'll go higher, but I, I mean, I agree with you guys. If, if, if it doesn't turn into something, if this doesn't end up going somewhere soon, my, my rating probably start dropping. Well, and I would assume the next issue ends the arc, right? Issue five. Yeah. Yeah, I assume so. Yeah. So maybe there'll be some kind of payoff by the next one. And, I mean, to be fair to this book, this may be one of those books where it's more about characters than story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, and, and maybe my issue with it is I'm just not reading it that way. And maybe I should. Because the characters yeah. are great. Like, they're all so messed up. It's really fun to read. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go to the next one. Black Eyed Kids, number four. Written by Joe Pruitt, art by Simon Kudronsky, colors by Guy Major, and letters by Marshall Dillon. So, Ronnie? Yes? Do you want to kick this one off? Um, sure. Um, you guys know how many comic books I read. <laughs> this, this, this book is my favorite one, I would say, out of all publishers and everything. Wow. Because four issues in, and there hasn't been a miss yet, honestly. This is your number one. This is probably my number one, yeah. If I had to gun to my head or a black-eyed kid in front of me, yeah, <laughs> this would be the one I'd pick. Um, this issue also felt, to me, like uh episode of The Walking Dead, kind of. Because a yeah. lot of crazy stuff happened, and... There's also character development. Um, we get we see the black police officer at the beginning who's obviously had a rough day. <laughs> <clears throat> but it really doesn't... I mean, it kind of flashes back to how he comes home and pours him a drink and he's talking to his wife who isn't there and then he realizes she's there or she isn't there. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the hospital... Where the three black eyed kids are with the uh, with his sister, yep, with Michael's sister, right? And yes. the same Michael. Okay. Uh, what's her name? Leslie, right? Or I'm yeah. Riley. 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 Riley's the girl that's yep. in a coma. Yeah, yeah Riley. Right. And then um, the ringleader. It's not the creepy mastermind kid, right? It's just no. the leader of these three. Yeah, he's the leader of these yeah. three. And these are the three that. Got this is the kids that got Michael in like the first issue, right? Yes. And now yeah. Michael's with them. Correct. And so they're trying to talk Michael into killing Riley and joining or going all the way dark, I guess. Yes, yes. Well, right, so that's part of the thing, right? They need to kill their whole family yeah. to be part of the cool kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He says, uh, let your human side fade. Embrace your destiny. Join your new family. Your biological family must die so that you can be reborn. There you right. Go. There you go. And then good old dad, you know, comes in and <laughs> saves the day. Or not really saves the day, but... I, um, what? There's this little nurse panel right here. The little yeah. three panels. Yeah. I didn't I know really... where you're going. I didn't. That just like su- stuck out to me. Like it didn't really matter. It confused me for a while. I looked back and forth with that. Yeah. And I think there. It's. I think it's when. I know it's the secure the hospital security guard, but. Yeah, when he gets locked up in a closet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just don't know who the older black-eyed kid is. That killed him, right? Oh, I thought he was just one of the kids that was with Michael. Yeah, I think uh, he. Wa- okay. I think he walked out of the room. Okay, because he seems like he's drawn older, like teenage-ish. Yeah, and so that's kind of where I was confused a little bit. I could see that. I had uh, to look through those panels a couple times to figure out what was going on there. I want you to stop your recap, and the only reason okay. I want you to stop it is because you caught something. And I want to discuss that in just a minute. 
Okay. The the reference that you caught. Um. But this issue, I will say, is also my favorite. This book is also definitely my favorite aftershock. Um, it's not my favorite of all publishers, but I, I'm definitely putting it in my top ten, maybe even top five. Um, I think the thing that is really striking about this book, Joe Pruitt's writing's great, so I'll, let me preface by saying that, but visually, I could just look at the panels and not even read what's going on. Yeah, and right, yeah. Freaking understand what's happening. Right. Um, and I think that says a lot for the artist mm-hmm. uh, when you can do that. So mm-hmm. once you put words on top of that, it really seals the deal for me. Oh, With yeah. that said, back to the writing, Joe Pruitt's writing is freaking awesome. The way that these pages are laid out is fantastic. The story is amazing. There's nothing wrong with this book. Absolutely nothing wrong with this book. This is the highlight of my day whenever this book comes out. Agreed. I freaking love it. Jack? I think I know, I think I know what your rating's going to be. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm totally with you. And I, I you know, they're, they're, when you're reading comic books, there's like, there's good comic art. Mm-hmm. And that that looks nice, and it does everything it's supposed to do. And then there's just stuff that really stands out and grabs your attention. And this book, to me, it, it is like that. And it's it's the way it's drawn. It's the perspective that's used in certain certain panels, and uh, the dark, you know, overtones throughout the entire story. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I find myself, uh, you know, I, every time I read Black Eyed, an issue of this. I read through it and I'm like, oh, that was good. But then when I start thinking about it and talking with you guys about it, I like it even more. Like it jogs things that I didn't maybe catch initially. Sure. sure. Yep, agreed. Yep. I mean, there's some great stuff on here. Like when when they cut back to the hospital and Michael's holding the knife. Yep. And, you know, his dad's like, Michael, don't do this. Like, this is not who you are. And you, you yeah. see that same panel from like a few different points of view. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to Riley, and it cuts to his, Michael's dad's girlfriend. I think it's his girlfriend, right? Um, like, there's there's so much emotion and so yeah. so much suspense in that, right? And I think that's what this book does really well. It keeps you, like, wanting to go immediately to the next panel to see what's going on. Yeah. But there's something about the way that the art is done that you just kind of want to stare at each panel for a few mm-hmm. seconds. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes the build up even worse because you're like, I have to keep staring at this panel, but I must go to the next one. You right. Know? Um, and I think that's what makes this book really, really good. There's there's just a lot of that throughout this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, my favorite line of this is <laughs> when she pulls out the crucifix. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, like, yeah. stay back. And the yeah. kids are like, we aren't vampires, fool. <laughs> that was yeah. the now, best thing ever. Now, but... She, they say that, and then she stabs him with it, and it seems like he, she kills him. Yes. Yep. Is that how? You, I mean, is that because she stabbed him in the neck, or because she had a crucifix? I guess that's kind of up in the air, right? Yeah. I mean, I, t- I took it just because she stabbed stabbed him right into the neck. But now that you say that, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it could easily be the cruci- the crucifix, but also like I'm pretty sure she severed his spine, so yeah. that would kill him. Well, I would think. Well, oh, uh, but yeah. haven't we seen them like get shot at and stuff, and then they yeah. kill? Them? Right. Yeah, but yeah. shot at's a little different. It's like when you <laughs> it's like in Walking Dead. You know, Ronnie brought up the Walking Dead earlier. Right. You can shoot those zombies anywhere, and they don't die until you shoot them in the head. So maybe this is kind of the same thing. You know? Right. Yeah. But I can see where you're thinking about it. I mean, because, you know, it's like we assume that they're demonic. So, you know, something of the crucifix would. Well, she seemed like she had like she was thinking something like even when they said, hey, we're not vampires. That doesn't do anything to us. Yeah. And she's she like, well, that's still fine by me. Right. Yeah. She's she like, yeah, that's fine by me. I'll just <laughs> stab your ass in the neck. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a hospital, why? If, if it, you just wanted to. You know, stab him in the neck. It seems like you have plenty of other 
scalpels or something laying around that you could use it with. Absolutely. I'm still yep. going with my alien theory. So <laughs> these are brain parasite aliens, and so that's why they die. She severed the spine. They can't communicate with the body. They're dead. Well, that's solid, too. I hope we never find out if they're aliens or not, though. Like, yeah. to be honest. Right. But whatever. Uh, I'm, I think I'm changing my, my opinion. I think this is something demonic. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the crucifix as a lead until I see something else. I'd be totally down for that, too. Um, but immediately after that, we meet a new slash not really new character. Old man Logan. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so you want to talk a little bit about that, Ronnie? I'm sure I can. Go for it. Uh, yeah, all hell breaks loose after she stabs him in the neck. Or one of them in the neck. So then Jim and they get Riley out of there. And then they see the guy in the doorway. And um, actually, it's the guy that killed the guard, right? The one that snuck off and killed the guard? Yes. Yeah. And then um, all of a sudden, you see hands and snap of the neck. And then old man Logan shows back shows up, which we have seen in the Aftershock Genesis short story, mm-hmm. Black Eyed Kids. And then obviously he's killed a lot of them because, yeah. you know, he's the badass that yeah. we that we knew need that this book needed. You know, I mean, this book's perfect anyway, but, you know, he's coming in and kicking ass and taking names mm-hmm. or chewing bubble gum whatever <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so uh, well see he broke his neck right there but he still has to uh, cut off his head yep Yeah. so right maybe it has to be complete separation of the head yeah okay I don't know and so he's buying time for Jim and his girlfriend to get Riley out. And he asks who the, who he is, but you know we still don't know his name. <laughs> right? Dude, let me tell you. So, <laughs> did you guys ever watch the Chappelle Show? Yes. Okay. So you know the um, Rick James bitch thing. Yep. Right. So I was reading this, and when he's like, don't worry about it, that's exactly what came to my head. I was like, I'm Rick James, bitch. Anyways, sorry to derail this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Continue. I'm sure that's exactly how Joe was intended to write it, too. (laughs) (laughs) No, but they make it out of, um, they see that there's more coming, and so he leads them outside. Yeah. And they're getting away. And as soon as they're walking out, of the emergency room isn't the black officer that we see at the beginning walking into the emergency room because he yes. got the call yes because he got the call right so i oh. just like i said when we read genesis that this guy has to show up later because it's not just like a one-off story to promote it i still feel that the officer is going to be a major player later too I definitely agree. I don't think he would have been introduced if he wasn't going to be. Right. Yeah. Yep. You want me to yeah. recap Genesis real quick? Because I just reread this. Yeah, go for it. Or were you going to, Ronnie? No, go for it. Um, and I'll make it fast. But So the guy that Ronnie's talking about that shows up at the end of this in this issue and saves the day, in Genesis, which was, was this, was Genesis before any issue of Black Eyed Kids? I read yes. it. Okay. Because I read it. At, I read it after two, I think. I, yeah, uh, I thought it came out between one and two, but uh, I you know what? Yeah, you might be right. I'll look it up while you're talking. Yeah. So, anyways, he, the the whole issue it's just a mini story about black eyed kids, and it's the same guy, and he's out in the a remote cabin, nobody but himself, and he looks like he's got a ponytail, and he's sort of a lumberjack looking dude, and he's out there like chopping wood and eating jerky or. Whatever people do out there, <laughs> and a guy, a random guy, walks up wearing, I think, like ski goggles, and he says his car's broke down and his cell phone's dead, and he needs to use a phone. 
and this lumberjack dude is kind of suspicious, but he lets the guy in anyways because, you know, that's always the right thing to do in a in a horror story. Sure. Um, so now this guy doesn't have black eyes, by the way, um, but they have some, you know, they talk for a while, and I guess the lumberjack guy is still suspicious, so he cuts the guy's hand, mm-hmm. and his eyes turn black, which I didn't catch the first time, but when I reread it, I thought that was interesting. Like something about, I don't know if cutting his hand made his eyes turn black or just because he was, you know, found guilty that he let him turn black but sure um something was going on there um so anyways he kills that black-eyed kid and um oh the reason he was suspicious is because he looked out the window and he saw another black-eyed kid out in the distance like he's waiting for him Mm -hmm. um anyway so he kills the guy in his house he tells he goes outside and he tells the black-eyed kids outside that they're not welcome and one and this was awesome scene but one is a little girl and he says to her, and she's got black eyes as well, but he says to her, I love you, Michelle. Daddy misses you. And then he packs up all his stuff and leaves. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he burn the cabin or no? Yeah. Uh, okay. I think you're right. And so obviously he's going to the hospital. Yeah. Yep. And no, what no, no. That- he, he didn't burn the cabin. He left a, a note on the door that says... I don't. I don't have the actual issue in front of me right now, but he, I thought he left the not welcome here or something like that. Yeah. So Genesis came out between one and two. You were right. Ha ha. Ha ha. Yeah. So the question is, with Old Man Logan here, how many <laughs> black-eyed kids has he killed since from the cabin to the hospital? Well, actually, you know what my question is: is how does he know Michael's mom? Yeah, because he says he, said, he knows her, right? Yeah, he said he knows her, and he was friends with her parents. Right. So he's definitely older. Yeah. Um, but like, what's her connection? Because her yeah. other ex-husband, or her ex-husband that we met, I think in issue one or two, he's he's the one that was investigating Black Eyed Kids. Right. Right. Didn't uh. he have that website? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, like, what what's the deal with her? Why is everyone around her connected to these kids? That's a little weird. Yeah. You know. Yeah. This guy knows something. We don't know what he knows yet, but... But I can't wait to find out. Yeah, yeah I can't either. Let's rate this comic. I'll go ahead and go first because you can already tell. <laughs> this is a five out of five for me. This book is amazing and if you read comics and you don't read this book then you just hate comics shame on you shame on you Ronnie I'm going to go 5 out of 5 as well but I like it because it's stayed consistently great through all four issues art, writing, the whole nine yards and it's just like you Um, even if it didn't have the word bubbles in it you could still tell what was going on mm-hmm. plus it was like a throwback to Genesis to where we get that little nugget of continuity in Black Eyed Kids I guess mm-hmm. like everything that we've read so far is happening for a reason yeah. or why we read it nothing's throwaway mm-hmm. so that's why I was kind of leaning like when Jack brought it up about the crucifix I was like yeah cause she could have grab the scalpel or anything else but so yeah five awesome. out of five for me jack i'm, I'm gonna say, say five, five see for for <laughs> me <laughs> a five means i mean that's the very top score that means it just absolutely cannot get any better sure and while this was awesome i gotta say 4.5 that's still I, a I damn just, good score yeah. yep yeah that's a damn good score. I gotta um, I gotta save my fives for like something that's just mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's and this that's is close. It's that's just not enough. quite there. Um, I want to bring up very quickly before we wrap up. I did watch two quote unquote movies about black eyed kids in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I can't remember the names of them, 
if when I find them, I'll put them in the show notes and I'll send them to you guys. Okay. Uh, but they're both available on Amazon Prime Video. Okay. So if you have that, you can watch it for free. Uh, cool. One was absolutely terrible, and the other one was only mildly bad. <laughs> Was uh, the one that was absolutely terrible the one that we talked about in the Black Eyed Kids episode? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. It's uh, it's kind of set up like uh, the Blair Witch Project sort of. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. one that's only mildly bad, what is it called? Um, In case God. we want to watch it. Mildly it, bad Black Eyed Kids? Yeah. No, it, I, cool. if I remember correctly, it doesn't have Black Eyed Kids in the title. Um, okay. And so I can't remember how I found it. But it pretty much it's a it's a girl who's a YouTube star, like she has tons of followers on YouTube, and it's just pretty much her kind of like solving mysteries kind of on her YouTube channel. Um, so it's set up very much like that. Like there's a camera crew following her on this journey, and her new journey that she wants to investigate is Black Eyed Kids, and it's set in Seattle. Uh, which is supposed to be the hot spot for Black Eyed Kids. Oh, yeah. And so she goes and she finds Black Eyed Kids. And there's there's all kinds of shenanigans going on. But she ends up going to this house where the Black Eyed Kids live. And there's, there's a couple twists. She does survive. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, it was fine. I just, I don't like that type of, type of movie. Um, yeah, where it's well. just like the shaky cam thing. So here, here's what I want. I want somebody to make a movie. About and we have this. a script. There's a script. <laughs> just go to aftershockcomics.com and look up Black Eyed Kids. Um, there's a script. This would make a freaking awesome movie. Yeah. And considering there are no good movies about You're Black right. Kids. Or the a TV show. Is not really, uh... Yeah, TV, I'd be good with a TV show, mini miniseries, whatever, one season. Yeah, I'm fine it with does, that. It does feel like it's sort of it could go in the direction of sort of a Walking Dead, where totally. the world totally. is just saturated with these black eyed well, kids. And and like Martin was saying, like like with the Walking Dead, they don't know how it started, and they never talk about it. I mean, they try to figure it out, but then it qu- quickly gets blown over the rug. So that's another thing that can be done is like nobody knows how black eyed kids are here just dealing with them yeah well it's because it's not important yeah you know? i i want to know though <laughs> See, like, I, I, i've talked about this before in other podcasts i'm a huge zombie movie lover regardless of how bad and terrible a lot of zombie movies are mm-hmm. uh, and to me some of the best zombie movies don't give you how yeah. this the outbreak started right. yeah right right well, it's just a, yeah. it's just about how people react to right. this um so and and that's that's why like this book this book does a lot of that like you don't know where these kids come from you don't know anything about them but you just kind of go along for the ride and it's freaking awesome so right. now we, like we watch we like the walking me and my wife watch the walking dead and we like it not it, i mean at this point it's not really even about the zombies it's about the the tribal like warfare and surviving in this new world and mm-hmm. and right. the way people interact when all your when society kind of breaks down but Black Eyed Kids, to me, I, I, I don't want it just to be that. I think I want it to be – I want it – I want there to be more – I expect more depth out of the Black Eyed Kids than I do out of zombies. You know? I, I, yeah, I, I feel like there's saying. a story there that I, I want to get to. Totally. Right. I still can't find the other one, but the one that's really terrible is called Black Eyed Children, Let Me In. Excellent. So if you want to look up a bad movie, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the bad thing was like, there's a twist at the end, like, and it's it's the it's dude, this movie was shot for like 50 bucks, I promise you. Right. Yeah. Okay, but like, there's a twist at the end, like, why couldn't you do that halfway through the movie and made this at least somewhat watchable? Right. Anyways, let's wrap this podcast up. Oh, sounds good. This has been the AfterShock Central podcast. With Ronnie, Jack, and myself. You can find us all on Twitter. Ronnie's at Ronbar316. Jack is at Jack Sutherland. I am at Geekvine. The show is at AfterShockPod. You can email us hello at nerdlegion.com. And, of course, we're all on the Aftershock Comics fan group on Facebook. 
So next week we'll be talking about animosity number one. I know I'm very much looking forward to that. I'll be finished oh, yeah. with Zoo by then. I'm just yeah. <laughs> Anyways, until the next time, guys. You all have a pleasant evening. Don't let the black-eyed kids in. <laughs> <laughs>